Live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Linda Ness. Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm delighted to be joined by husband and wife Wayne and Pauline Bent, who are both volunteers with CAMSAR. That's Cambridgeshire Search and Rescue. Something a little extraordinary happened last week to CAMSAR. But before we go into that, good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. Good morning. Now, first, just to give us a flavour, can you tell us what CAMSAR is, Wayne? CAMSAR is a voluntary specialist search asset that work predominantly for Cambridgeshire Police in the search and hopeful rescue of high-risk, vulnerable, missing people. And we offer this service 24 hours a day, every single day of the year. And our members are on call and available to respond when someone in the county needs our help. So it's a little bit like the RNLI or Mountain Rescue, but this is Lowland Rescue, yeah? Yeah, it's very similar. We all sit under this banner called the UK SAR Operators Group. So that's the UK Search and Rescue Operators Group. The difference in what we do compared to a lot of mountain rescue teams is that we generally don't know where our missing person is. Um, All we know is that their life could be at risk, either from harm from themselves or in the situations they are because of the nature of the people that we go looking for. So actually quite different in some respects to the other search and rescue organisations to a degree. How much training is involved for volunteers? Is it something you can sort of rock up and do next week or, or is there a lot of training involved? There is a selection process. So the general first real port of call that we have to make sure is that we've got a relative level of fitness and a relative level of fitness. I am no marathon runner. And as this is going out on the radio, I can say that I'm tall, slim and athletic. <laughs> the fact that I'm more of a shot putter build is more reality. But what it is, it's about making sure that people are able to do this level of fitness that is required. We go out searching for quite considerable times. Um, you know, we generally will look to, to have teams out for up to eight hours at a time, searching through some of the rougher areas of Cambridgeshire. And, um, you know, it can be quite physical, but really it's about commitment and if people can commit to it as volunteers. And a lot of people think, yes, I can, but volunteering is quite a challenge. And, you know, when we have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, when it's cold and wet outside, you know, that's that's got to be more of a balance that you are the right person who is prepared to do that as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, because I think you have an alarm that goes off, don't you, when you're required. And I can just imagine on a cold, wet, miserable night, you know, snuggled up on the sofa watching Corrie, it must be quite a thought sometimes to pull on your walking boots and step outside. If it's Coronation Street, I'm quite happy to get my boots on and go. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> but yeah, generally, but like you say, yeah, when you when you are, you've you've had a day at work, you come home, you've just had your dinner, or you've just put the dinner in the oven, and that phone goes. Unfortunately, it, it is a mindset that you've just got to say, right, bang, I've got to go. You know, someone is in dire need of our help. And the service that we offer can be the difference between life and death. And, you know, and that's why it's really important. So originally for me, before Pauline recently joined the team, you know, I would have to often run out on the family and and leave in the middle of things. But 
now I don't get quite as much grief because we leave together. Happy wife, happy life. (laughs) Yes, that's the perfect solution, actually. And Pauline, let's turn to you. How did you become involved in this? Were you just fed up with being a Kamsar widow sitting in the house on your own? (laughs) What happened? Well, it's funny you should say that because I almost did set up a group of Kamsar widows um, (laughs) over the last 15 years (laughs) because it has actually felt a bit like that, to be fair. So my life has been quite busy over the 15 years that Wayne's been a member of Kamsar, what with children, grandchildren, work, etc. And so I haven't really had enough time to commit to anything quite as Wayne has. Over the last sort of year, certain parts of my life have changed. Grandchildren are growing up. I've got more time on my hands and the time that I've got on my hands, I'd like to spend with Wayne, but he's always at Kamsar. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, but also I, I have done some volunteering before and that didn't quite work out because it wasn't as much as what I thought it was going to be. So seeing Wayne and how Kamsar has affected his life, I sort of got drawn in, if yeah. you like, to volunteering a little bit for them. And I started off really just offering to do some minimal stuff, (laughs) but um, have ended up fully qualified. (laughs) Well, good for you. That sounds perfect. And what about the training, Pauline? Is there a lot of training involved? There was quite a lot of intense training for the first month. You're really giving up at least three weekends in a month to become a, a fully qualified search technician. And then there is sort of monthly resilience training, which is um, a bit of a mock call-out type thing where you go on to that. Well, the whole team get get involved in that. And we look at all the different aspects, whether that be working with bikes, working with drones, working with dogs, uh, working with kayaks. You know, there's lots of different skill sets that the team have that we need to be fresh and ready when that call comes in. So it is about maintaining that that training, maintaining that skill set and being able to deliver when the phone goes. Yeah, and then we do have some online training a couple of times a month in the evenings, as well as also other resilience. We can do a, an evening resilience as well. Sounds like it's quite full on, actually. And tell us about a general call. Describe briefly what a call would be like. Okay, so phone call comes in from a specialist police officer called a police search advisor. To us, we know them as the pulser. So the call comes in from the pulser. We discuss the nature of whether we can help this missing person. And it's a high risk, vulnerable missing person that we're talking about. We send a SMS message out to the team. The team respond. We turn up at a location And then we plan an area and we plan what we're going to do, how we're going to search, looking at the MISPA behaviour, which is the missing person behaviour. And that's what we specialise in. And therefore, we support the police in doing, you know, what we do as specialists. And we offer them skills um, that general police officers, they don't have to hand all the time. So, you know, we we literally complement the police in helping this missing person. Yeah, and provide a lot of bodies as well that the police probably can't spare. So Exactly, and that's what we, we look at it. You know, we look that we're offering a specialist self-managed search team, and I mean a team, you know, up to 40 people. And to put a dozen officers onto a missing person case means that those officers aren't doing what they're trained to do. 
So by us doing what we do, we allow the officers to carry on what they're doing. And our police, I know they come under the cost quite a bit for things, but we work alongside them and they do a fantastic job under some of the worst circumstances and situations you can find. So, you know, every one of our team members is absolutely honoured and, uh, you know, really quite privileged to be able to offer this service to the police, you know, completely free of charge as volunteers. Now, I mentioned at the beginning when I was introducing you that something slightly extraordinary happened last week when you were called out in a search. Tell us about it. Yes, so Pauline and I, we went to our headquarters to pick up two of the vehicles. Uh, We had about 35 miles we were, were due to travel across county to the RV. We were approximately 15 miles away from the RV when we drove past someone who didn't look right to the area and uh, our senses are heightened to people that look out of place in the county so we carried on we didn't know what this missing person looked like we didn't know you know anything about them clothing or anything at this time so we weren't happy so I decided Pauline should carry on I turned around we agreed over the radios that we thought this person needed to be spoken to so I turned around went back spoke to the missing person who, like I say, was about 15 miles away from where we thought they were and engaged in polite conversation. And it was actually later found to be our missing person. So I kept communication with Pauline. Pauline kept communication with the other end and between ourselves and the police. We ended up with a very good result, which was just really... A very rare occurrence, but a wonderful occurrence when it happens. So, uh, yeah, it was a really, really good news story in what could have been a really bad news story. So, yeah, it was one of those right time, right place. That but must be one of the fastest. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, really. Well, I, I didn't want to take too much of the glory, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the interesting things, uh, and so I must say, Linda, is that when we look at the route that that person took, there must have been thousands of people that actually drove past them during their travelling 15 miles. And like I say, when we're talking thousands of people on a very, very busy route that doesn't have a path any of the way between two big towns within Cambridgeshire, and that is one of the scary things to think that all these people passed him but didn't actually think about anything. And that's, and that's where we That's where the training, yeah. that's where exactly. the training comes in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so, your, and so your observation kind of skills, obviously, honed. That, yeah. That's exactly it, you know, and it, and it is. It's all these years of the training that we think is we're doing it again, we're doing it again, but we do it because it becomes then second nature and, and gets these great results. Fantastic. I mean, congratulations. That was a really good result for that person who was a little bit lost it, at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it's still teamwork, but I'll take a bit of the glory for that one. now if anyone wants to get involved how do they go about it so we've got a website cambridge sheer search and rescue yeah just google that just google that and that should bring us up that's fantastic and i'm I'm sure you're always on the lookout for volunteers presumably because you can never have too many people involved in a thing like this i would assume yeah we've just oh sorry (laughs) sorry i was just gonna say we've just started a campaign on social media for recruitment so also on our Facebook pages so there's posters on there which give a little bit further information sorry people will now realize that I do tend to talk over Pauline a lot because it's <laughs> camstar based 
I'm the search manager, but at home, I am not the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right as well. Thank you very much, Wayne and Pauline, for joining us this morning. And I think if you are interested in uh, in getting in touch, go onto that website and volunteer. Good exercise and a really worthwhile thing to do, I would say. It certainly is. Yeah, very rewarding. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you, Take care. Bye-bye. Cambridge 105 Radio.